anybody I think starting out gets a ton of no's and, and that's okay. I mean, because for all the no's, you really do just need that one yes. And so I think I knew, you know, once I got that, that first big recipe development client, I was like, there is a need for this because there are a lot of fitness professionals that do not have any idea how to create recipes. And so there is a need for it. It's just finding the right people. And you know, they're out there. You just have to, you just have to find your people. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for, even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up, and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. Today, my guest is Lauren Cunningham. She's a certified integrative nutrition health coach, and she's also a recipe developer. Her story is truly incredible. Today, we discussed trusting your gut. And you guys, this is a huge pun. After you listen to today's podcast, you're going to know why. How her gut got her to the life that she absolutely loves. She is only 23 years old and wise beyond her years. I know you guys are going to absolutely love this podcast. And I make a challenge at the end of the podcast. So we are going to do this challenge for Lauren. I know you guys are going to love it. I've already done it. I look forward to you guys doing it as well. Enjoy today's episode. Always be sure to share it. Tag Lauren and I. Let us know what you took away from this episode. Y'all, welcome back to the show. Today, my guest is Lauren Cunningham, and it is not very often that someone will email me just randomly out of the blue, and I'll accept them on the show. I I feel like I have a, a really beautiful community around me that I can ask people to be on the show, but there was something about your email, Lauren, that just kind of stuck out to me. And the fact that you found me from the beautiful, amazing Jordan Lee Dooley is um, one of the things that piqued my interest. So I'm super excited that you're here today. Thanks for joining me. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what piqued my interest about Lauren's story, and I think is really kind of cool is, you know, it's kind of like one of these fun little puns, but you know, how to live a healthy life following your gut. And funny enough, Lauren is, um, that's how she kind of got to the life that she has right now, which is like a really pretty amazing life for a 23 year old woman. And you followed your gut and you followed your health. And now you're living this life of abundance because a really long time, you know, kind of in the beginning of your journey, you were doing all of the things that you should be doing. You guys know on this podcast, I've talked about it a thousand times. We all should on ourselves. We have this path of life that's presented for us. Go be an accountant, do this thing, follow, go to school for four years, get married, retire after 50 years or however many years people apparently were retire after and then, you know, live life from 65 until you die. And I am a big proponent of that. My personal belief is that that is back ass words. And 
your um, email to me kind of made it seem like you're a little bit along the same lines there, girl. Yes, definitely. <laughs> For sure. Well, tell us a little bit about your journey into, you know, health and how you really had a pretty big life scare, a health scare that has kind of taken your path to a completely different trajectory than it have, it was probably supposed to be on. So give our listeners, because I know so many of them are going to resonate hard with this. I know I did. That's why we're here today. Yeah, definitely. So probably dating back to high school, I was having a lot of health issues. Didn't really know why. Um, autoimmune diseases were not prevalent back then. I mean, it was only 10 years ago, but um, the the symptoms that I was having were not um, symptoms of Crohn's disease, which is what I was ultimately diagnosed with. But um, so I, my freshman year of high school, I was just having a ton of health issues, um, didn't really know what the cause was. And then they, it kind of got better um, a few years later. And then finally, my senior year of high school, I was having random fevers. They thought I had mono. My stomach was kind of hurting, but not all the time. And so it just wasn't consistent with what they thought the symptoms of Crohn's disease would be. And so finally, um, I did end up having a scope that showed that I had Crohn's disease. And at that point, it was pretty severe. Um, and so I, that was right before I graduated high school. So I start college and I have a few hospital stays my freshman year. Uh, my intestines were so inflamed that they would literally shut, like swell shut. And so I would have to go to the hospital and um, get a tube down my nose and drain my stomach. And it was just, it was terrible. And it was all my freshman year of college. And so anyways, I kind of made it through that semester, um, just was on some medicine that was some sort of working. I was on prednisone for nine months. And um, but then when I started my second semester of college, I ended up having surgery. And so I had um, a bowel resection. So they took one foot of my intestine out, um, which was the problem area. But since I had been on prednisone for so long, they, um, they gave me a temporary ileostomy bag. And so I kind of thought that was going to be the worst part. Um, they said, you'll get it reversed in, you know, four to six months. And so I, that was in January of my freshman year of college. So I thought by the time I start my sophomore year, it'll, everything will be good. It'll be over, which it was, but, um, I ended up getting diagnosed with a secondary situation. Um, and so as soon as I left the hospital from surgery, I was having weird stomach pain still, and I was really nauseous. And so I went back to the hospital. Um, my surgeon said, you know, this could be, I, I don't think I botched your surgery, but I mean, it could have happened. So go back to the hospital. And, and so I went back and um, after a couple of days, they actually diagnosed me with a very rare um, syndrome. It's called small mesenteric artery syndrome. And so basically I had lost um, like 25 pounds because I hadn't been able to eat and, it, and I lost it very rapidly. And so the fatty pad around my small mesenteric artery completely disappeared and the artery closed in on my stomach. So it wasn't allowing food to pass through. And um, the only way to reverse it is to gain weight, but you can't eat. And so the doctor that, uh, or in, there was no doctors in the hospital that had ever seen this before. And so um, they scoped me, they did an upper scope and saw it 
And a lot of doctors actually don't even believe in this. Like they've never seen it. They think it's more of a phenomenon. And so the doctor that scoped me was like, this is, you know, amazing. He's like, I've never seen anything like this. And so um, they sent me home and said, drink 2000 calories a day. And obviously that didn't really, I mean, you can't drink. There's only so many milkshakes you can drink. <laughs> and so um, I ended up actually contracting pancrea uh, pancreatitis because everything was just kind of like messed up in there. And so um, I went back to the hospital and they started me on IV feeding. Um, so they inserted a pick line and I started TPN and was on that in the hospital for like three weeks. And then I went home on that. So I was on IVs at my house um, for like a month and a half after that. So finally, like three or four months later, I was able to get the pick line out. I gained the weight back. They basically just said, try to eat. And if you don't throw up, then it's reversed itself. And if you do, then we're still, you know, trying to reverse the condition. And so luckily it reversed itself. And then a few months later I had, um, my reversal surgery for my ostomy bag and then started college three weeks later, started my sophomore year. Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> girl, the first two years, this started in high school and it went through the first two years. Oh my gosh, yeah. you poor thing. No wonder you're so driven right now. Like that is like, literally you had your, like, but this is actually a blessing because you've had your kind of like rock bottom moment oh, yeah. at like 18 years old, 17 years old, like where you're like, no way, Jose. So for those who don't know, can you tell us what Crohn's is and what, um, what is that drug that you said you were on? I was on prednisone, which prednisone. is a steroid. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I obviously I'm like, I have yeah. no idea. So what is Crohn's for those who don't know? Yeah. Crohn's is, it's an autoimmune disease and it can attack anywhere, anywhere in the digestive tract. So, um, ulcerative colitis is kind of similar to that, but it only attacks the colon, but it's really just inflammation in the stomach. Don't, they is don't know why. Why you get it? No, like there's no. I mean, no, knowing what I know now from like yeah. nutrition school and stuff. Yeah. There, I mean, there's a lot more research now. Um, used to, they said food and lifestyle don't matter. I found that they 100% matter. Uh, my mom actually has it, which is weird and not usually that common that, um, family members would also like have the same thing. And so that was another reason we didn't, I didn't get diagnosed early because our symptoms were totally different. And so she had, you know, just different symptoms than I had. She was diagnosed like 10 years before I was. And so um, we just never thought that that was it because we had different symptoms, but it can, it can start, you know, at any time in your life. And yeah, it just attacks your digestive tract. Wow. So, okay. So you go through all of these surgeries, you get out of high school, you're living in the hospital, you have a pick line in order to eat. It does reverse itself and you're able to gain some weight and you're headed into your what? Sophomore year. Sophomore, yeah. You're headed into your sophomore year. Now what? Yeah. So I, you know, Crohn's disease is there's no cure for it. And so I started a biologic, which it's called Remicade, which it's a pretty common medicine um, for people with autoimmune diseases. And so it basically is just like a Tylenol on steroids. Like it's just, it, it um, is meant to reduce the inflammation in your system. And so it's an infusion. And so it takes like two to three hours to infuse and I get it every eight weeks and I'm still on that now. So 
Um, thankfully it's work, but yeah, so I started that and started school and honestly just tried to forget about what had happened. Um, because it was just, it was kind of a weird experience. Like you said, to hit rock bottom at 18. Um, it just, I definitely felt like no one that I was around that was my age could relate to that at all. And so I, you know, started school and it was weird because I had been so sick my freshman year that first semester when I actually did go to school that you know I really wasn't out meeting that many people and so then when I start back my sophomore year I like nobody really knew that I had gone through that and that I had been so sick you know I mean my friends from high school and like my good friends and my family friends knew but you know when you are in college nobody really knows who you are or what you've been through or anything. And so it was actually kind of easy for me to just not say anything about it. And so I didn't really tell that many people um, that I would just had met, you know, about what had happened. But I, I started school and I had this idea that I had to graduate on time. And so I thought I've got to graduate, you know, af after four years, even though I missed that semester. And so I kind of hurried up and picked a major, even though I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, so starting school, I had no clue. Um, and I, I'm almost I, 40. I still have no clue. Don't feel bad. <laughs> that's what my dad See, That's what my dad says. He just retired. And he's like, I still don't know. Um, exactly. We're here for yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's so much pressure. Oh my gosh. Like oh. my sister is a freshman in college right now and she is just like stressed to the max. And I try to tell her it really doesn't matter what you pick to major in. You're probably not even going to be doing that in 100 percent Gosh, isn't that if we could like just instill one thing? And that's why I love getting to work with people who are so young. Like you're only 23 years old. I have a couple of yeah. clients who are like that 25, 26. My clients are usually like in that late 20s. Uh, early 30s or in that late 60s because they have their like kind of epiphany moment like they're like oh my god shit like oh my gosh this is not the way life is supposed to go but I love when someone like yourself gets it so young like this is and I know that we've been, we're going to talk about this but like what a blessing in disguise this is but yes if your sister could just understand that like guess what literally just show up be a good human and take what you can get from it oh my god uh, that's what school is to me you get it oh I know yeah <laughs> it's so much more than just picking a major and, no. and yeah I mean I look at like my parents my mom majored in psychology and ended up being a second grade teacher and then you know my dad I don't even know what he majored in but he ended up being a lawyer so it's like you just never know but um, so yeah, I was kind of interested, I guess, in business. My dad was in banking well, pretty much for my whole like childhood. And um, so I, I kind of thought maybe I'll go into that. I really had no clue. And so my dad was the one that said, you might want to check out accounting because if you're going to major in business, just go ahead and major in accounting because you're pretty much getting the same business um, like background, but you'll be more marketable to an employer. And so I took an accounting class and I really liked it. I, I liked accounting. And, um, and like I said, I kind of just felt like I needed to hurry up and pick a major. And so I was taking like a lot of hours each semester just to catch up. And I would take summer classes sometimes too, um, just to kind of, you know, try to catch up and graduate on time, which now I'm looking back, I'm like, it really doesn't matter at all when you graduate. But um, so, and through that, like my sophomore, junior, senior year, I had flare ups like I when I had surgery, I was in surgical remission and I think I was in surgical remission probably for like less than a year and I started having flare ups again. And so I would just have like I would wake up in the night with just severe stomach pain 
And I, looking back, I directly tie it to stress um, just because, you know, being a college student can be stressful and you've got tests and class, you know, and just a lot of things going on. And so I tie it directly to stress, but I was still having flare-ups. My medicine was working. It was keeping me out of the hospital. I mean, I was nowhere near where I was, you know, a few years before that, but I was always kind of looking for something else. Like, is there something I can do to help myself other than these medications and, you know, going to the doctor? And when I was really sick, one of my mom's friends introduced me to essential oils. And so I was really interested after that in kind of the holistic side, because I, I mean, I didn't really believe in any of that before I started using essential oils and they helped me so much. And so, um, I was really blessed that my GI doctor, his wife is in holistic health. Mm -hmm. And so when I was really sick, he also said, why don't you go to my wife? She's actually, she was an energy healer. And so she did the healing touch, which is like, it was weird. I'm, it was so weird the first time I went to her, but I was like, I think I feel better after this. And so even that's if so it's so interesting, the power yeah. of the mind, but also yes. just being open to it. And I think that that's sometimes yeah. one thing I want the listeners to understand from this is that oftentimes we are put in a position where we wait until we're sick or we wait until like we're at the rock bottom or we wait until like whatever is happening in our lives, it's forcing us to try something different. My whole purpose of like just being, you know, like literally my whole purpose of doing what I do on a daily basis is to show people that they can decide it's their turn before they hit a rock bottom, before there's no alternative, before they, you know, all of the things. So I love the fact that you are so, you were so blessed to have a doctor that led you to something alternative. Now I'm obviously not a doctor. I'm not here to tell anyone what to do, but to have more of the holistic side, which in my personal opinion is more of like the mental side, because I truly believe change your mind, change your life. And and change your mind, perhaps heal yourself in a lot of ways as well. You know, I'm the first person to say when my back goes out, it's stress, like everything to me, mind health connection. So I know this, this is where we're going and I'm in love with the conversation. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, when I was, I think I had actually just pretty much finished with the um, pick line, which was what was feeding me um, when I was really sick. And that's when I started going to my GI doctor's wife. And it was weird at first. Um, and I think there's always a bit of resistance when you try something new. And so, um, I, but I did try, you know, my mom was like, just go into it with an open mind. And, and so I did. And yeah, it, I feel like it helped. And so I, I kept going to her and and so that whole time that I had the ostomy bag and the whole time that I was like um, preparing for my second surgery, I was going to my GI doctor's wife and she was the one that right before I had my second surgery, um, she told me to try something called guided imagery, which is like basically imagining it, things in your mind and, and, Dr. you know, Joe Dispenza. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so um, she actually gave me, a, it was an, on a CD. And so she was like, this is one that will prepare you for surgery. And so when I had my first surgery, I mean, my incision was like eight inches long. I mean, it was not an easy recovery. And so um, I couldn't, I remember like I couldn't get out of bed and granted I wasn't in a good mindset either. And so I have my second surgery and we think that it could potentially be mostly laparoscopic just to reverse the ostomy bag but I ended up having way too much scar tissue. And so they, they had to cut the entire eight inch incision again. And so, um, 
I had done this guided imagery probably only like four or five times before surgery. And it was just like, imagine you're in surgery, imagine it's going to go well. And so it was like, just like a 15, 20 minute little session of me just imagining that the surgery is going to go well. And I ended up leaving the hospital in under four days. And I was in, I remember I was in the recovery room and I had to use the bathroom. And I asked the nurse, I was like, can I use the bathroom? And she turned around to get like a bedpan. And I had already jumped off the bed and was like, I think there's a bathroom over here. And now I was kind of, you know, I was still kind of out of it from surgery, but um, they were like, we've never seen somebody get off the bed after having an eight inch incision in there, you know, and having that like major surgery. And so um, I, I really think there is definitely something to your mindset and just how it can truly heal you. I mean, I, recovered so quickly from that second surgery. And I, the only thing that was different was my mindset. A hundred percent, the power of visualization, you know, again, this is not medical advice people. So don't send us hate mail, but I will tell you, I, I believe it's a hundred percent the truth. Just this past weekend, I was watching, I'm a huge sports fan. My husband, do you watch sports? Love him. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Russell Wilson about mm-hmm. his finger. Did you watch yeah. that? Oh my gosh. It was like, you guys go back and try to find the information on Russell Wilson. When he broke his finger, he broke his finger on October the 8th. That's actually my birthday. That's the only reason why I know he broke his finger on (laughs) Thursday night football. He had, or no, it was the seventh or something like that. He had surgery on the eighth, literally within like five weeks, he was 100% cleared to play. And he said the whole entire time after this crazy surgery where the doctor said he could be out six to nine weeks, he literally, he was visualizing the, the bone healing in his hand. He was visualizing throwing his, like throwing uh, footballs once it was out. And he had a pin, literally a pin stuck in his hand as he's doing these throws visually, even four days after surgery. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, he played last night. He ended up losing his first game yeah. back. But at the same time, too, 100% approved to play in five weeks after one of the like the worst breaks that this best surgeon, hand surgeon has ever seen. And he attributes it all to the exact same thing that you're talking about, just like the power of visualization, the power of mm-hmm. healing vibes towards it. you guys. I, if you are not into this woo woo shit and you think Lauren and I are crazy, <laughs> at least give it a try. I mean, my gosh, this girl hopped off a bed after, you know, a quick, you know, eight inch incision twice in however many years in her stomach. I mean, yes, yes, Lauren, I love it. Yeah, that actually, you saying that about Russell Wilson, the same thing happened with Drew Brees a few years ago. He like broke or he tore a tendon in his throwing hand and the same thing he was playing in like under six weeks. And, and that's a lot, you know, the, the high performance people that are, you know, in sports, they attribute so much to just visualizing things and, and making sure your mindset is, is where it should be. Yeah. Power of the mind. And, you know, obviously I'm not even pretending to compare myself to Lauren's, you know, incision or Drew Brees or Russell, Russell Wilson, but I broke my, my listeners know I broke my elbow this summer. I fell walking, believe it or not. <laughs> I've never broken a bone in my body. And, um, within like, it, I would, I think I, it was like within seven weeks I played golf and I shot under par after like a broken elbow. And I only kept the cast on, like, I think the cast was on seven days, but I was like, no, watch me, watch me. I just kept sending vibes to it. I kept moving it. I kept doing all the things things that I could possibly do. Cause I was like, I'm just going to play golf. Like my mindset was just like a hundred percent. It's going to be healed. I heal quickly. All of the vibes are sending to like, it was just like a mindset thing. So I just, Oh, I'm obsessed with that. Yes. Lord. Yeah. I love it. 
keep, keep yeah, going. Well, tell us, tell us the rest. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's crazy because I, you know, was, I went through two very similar surgeries in a six month time period. And the first time my mindset was terrible. I was just down in the dumps, which I mean, who wouldn't be, but, exactly. um, but then the second time I was like, I'm, I, we're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to, you know, be, you know, self-pity and all that. Like, we're just going to, we're, we're going to heal as fast as we can. And so there really is something uh, to your mind. And even now knowing what I know um, after being at a holistic health coaching school, it's, it's just so powerful, but, but yeah, so I ended up uh, graduating with a degree in accounting and um, on time, on time. Yes. It was unquote, on time. Air quotes on time. There's no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Time. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, and really the whole time I was in school, I could never see myself doing anything traditional in accounting. Like I just never could. I worked at a bank um, for a little bit in the accounting department and I enjoyed it, but I just never could see past graduation, like what I was going to end up doing. And so I started, uh, I went back to school to get my MBA right after um, I graduated. And I was working part-time at a public accounting firm and I didn't like it at all. Um, and I just, I was like, there has to be something else. Like this can't be, you know, and it wasn't that I didn't like what I was doing because entry-level jobs are, you know, not fun really hardly anywhere, but it was like, I just don't even see myself doing what my superiors are doing. And so, um, I started, uh, I graduated in, um, May of 2019. And so I started to research, um, probably like in December of that year, just other alternative like medicine things that I could do. And I really didn't want to go back to college. So I was like, I really don't feel like I have to do that. I, I feel like there's other things that I could do um, rather than spend a bunch of money and go back and get another major. And so I was looking and I kind of, I don't even remember how, but I stumbled upon the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And the more research I did on it, I was like, this is exactly what I'm looking for right now. And, and it was really just because I was having some bad flare ups. And so in the beginning, it was kind of just because I wanted to heal, see if I could heal myself or like, at least help, um, help myself a little bit. And so um, I, I started, I was going to start there in March of 2020. And so I was still working at the public accounting firm and I was getting my MBA, but I was, I was fairly certain that I could, you know, manage it all, but then the pandemic hit. And so, um, I, my immune system is suppressed. The uh, medication that I take completely suppresses my immune system. And so I got a message from my doctor, my specialist, and she kind of said, you know, we don't know anything really about COVID at this point, and you need to stay home because we, we do know that you know, that this is not good for the weak people or the people with suppressed immune systems. And so she's like, if you can stay home and not go into an office, then that's going to be your best bet. So I ended up just like I, what I did, I couldn't really do from home. So I just said, well, you know, two weeks will flatten the curve. So I'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. And so it, but it's so funny because it just so happened that um, I still remember the date. I think it was March 16th. That was like the first Monday that I didn't go to work. That was the Monday the country like went into lockdown. And it was the Monday I started nutrition school. And that was all like I had signed up in January and that was just my start date. And so it all kind of worked out. It was like a very unique opportunity that I could just spend all my time like diving into this nutrition school. And so I, um, I started, you know, taking the classes there and really trying to just 
put it into my life and like just put all these concepts to work in my life and just see if they worked. And, and so I um, was supposed to actually get a scan that week that the country shut down. And so um, I, it ended up getting pushed three months, like into June, because I was having issues, you know, back before that. And so it got pushed to June. And um, that was three months after I started the nutrition school. And when I got the scan, um, my doctor was like, yeah, we don't see any sign of active Crohn's at this point. And so I was like, oh my gosh, maybe this stuff is working. And so um, just from there, I kept, you know, getting my, I was still getting my MBA and I, I was just kept, kept on trucking with nutrition school. And um, so in the meantime, I developed, like I, um, I made a website and just tried to figure out what I wanted to do with the nutrition um, certification. And so I graduated a year later from nutrition school. And, um, and then that's kind of when I was like, I kind of had another crisis because I'm like, okay, now I don't know what I want to do with this. <laughs> Um, because the logical thing would be to just do health coaching full time. That's what a lot of people do. But I just wasn't sure if that was what I wanted to do. And um, so I decided I got a, an email from somebody that asked if I would develop recipes. And, and in that time, I had been cooking a lot. I'd been posting a lot of recipes on my website. And so um, it wasn't really out of the blue, but um, she emailed me and said, would you like to develop recipes for my fitness app? And I was like, OK. And so then that's just kind of turned into me developing recipes for multiple fitness apps. And so I really, I love it now. I just think that there's so much in there. So you like, obviously the, the point of this is deciding it's your turn. And I, I know so many people are going to listen to this and you're 23 years old. You went through this health crisis. You listened to yourself, Lauren. I think that that is like what I want everyone to take away from this is like listening to your gut. That's why I thought this was just like how I'm naming this podcast is like listening to your gut to like create an awesome life. And like, you know, like obviously the, the pun on that, but like you truly have listened to your gut from the beginning, even when you weren't really sure about going to holistic uh, health practitioner, like obviously your GI doctor told you to go there, but uh, to his wife, but you listened to your gut on that. You, you took some action. I believe everything is decision, faith and action, but you made the decision that you were going to go. You took the action to actually, you know, put into practice the mindset tools. And sure enough, you healed from that second surgery, you know, much quicker. And see what I think Lauren said that it really needs to be pointed out is like, yeah, she was pissed off and mad and all the things she's 17 years old and she's having to go through all these things, which you should be mad. But at the same time too, like, there's a season for being mad. And then there's a season for figuring it the fuck out because we're all mm-hmm. going to have things that happened into our lives. There's going to be things that happen, but it's how we react to those things. It's how we take action to those things. And like your mindset is just so powerful. Hey ladies, listen up. I wanted to let you know that decide it's your turn. Mastermind is now open for enrollment. I've been doing this mastermind for over four years now and women are walking away more confident, more in their purpose, more in alignment to do the thing that they are absolutely put on this planet to do. You don't have to have a business, but if you do, I guarantee you'll walk away more confident to make those sales. If you need more confidence to live a life that you're absolutely obsessed with, you will walk away more in alignment than ever before. 
This mastermind includes one-on-one coaching with me. This is what sets it apart. My job is to make sure I hold you accountable to living a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. And I know this mastermind is the thing to do it. Connect with me on Instagram at bchristina. Check the show notes, send me an email. Seats are filling up fast. One-on-one coaching is included in this four-month mastermind. I'd love to have you there and I can't wait. Even before we hit record, I loved how you were talking about how you're like, you know what? I just don't think that that's going to be the path for me. So I'm just going to do this other thing when you were talking about, you know, uh, traditionally people go through the, the uh, holistic wellness, integrative medicine coaching, and then they do one-on-one coaching and you're like, nope, that's not for me. I'm going to do this other thing. How did, where do you get your guts from? Where do you get like this? Is it from your parents? Like, have you always had this ability to say, you know what, I'm going to trust myself and I'm going to go left here instead of going right because everyone else is going right. I'm going to go left. Yeah, I think it's definitely from my dad. He is uh, just a visionary. I mean, he really is. And and he'll just sit, he, he was, he actually went to law school and was an attorney for a bit and then started working in banking and then retired a few years ago and then is now kind of practicing law on the side. And um, anyways, he's just always been a visionary, just always is like scheming is what my mom calls it. He'll just be sitting there and not saying a word, just, you know, we're like, what's he doing in there? And mom's like, he's scheming. He's just scheming. He's just thinking. And, and so I think it's definitely from that, but you know, at times it can be an annoying quality to have, to want to just like go against the grain, because um, I think like through, you know, school, I I really think that majoring in accounting was me trying to fight that because that is such a traditional, like, I mean, and it's not a boring job because now I know, I mean, I've had it, but you know, that's, that's what people think of an account. You know, when you think of an accountant, you think like, oh, they're boring. And so I feel like that was kind of me trying to fight against that. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like my, my parents have just always, you know, said, just go with your gut and, and they've always been great. They're great cheerleaders for me. So that's fantastic. So when you started your business, so a lot of people come to me in the beginning stages and they were like, oh, I have this passion. I really want to do this thing. So for you, you obviously had the passion to like figure out this health thing. You're like, I know that There's something I can be doing different than just taking a medicine forever. So how did that really, like, how did you start to heal yourself with what you were learning and then decide that like, oh, wait a minute, I might be able to create a business around this. What did that look like? Yeah. So initially, you know, the, what we learn at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition is a lot of mindset things and just the power of they call it primary food, which is everything that, um, that contributes to your overall health that is not on your plate. And so, you know, I wasn't really thinking about those things. I mean, as like a 20, you know, two-year-old, you're not really thinking about that. And so, um, I think I've just tried to, to really, and it was a hard time too, because the pandemic had just hit. And as someone whose immune system is suppressed, that was stressful. I mean, it was a hard, like I, was very scared in the beginning because we just didn't know, you know, what was, how it was going to affect me, you know, and I still haven't gotten COVID. So I still don't really know, but I mean, I've kind of, I'm not as stressed as I, you know, used to be about it. So I was very stressed initially. And so I think that starting nutrition school, it was the perfect timing because I was realizing ways to kind of mitigate that stress. So whether it be 
just journaling or just writing down things. Um, you know, I don't, I don't meditate that much. I try, I just, I've never, I just can't. <laughs> you know what? I, I do meditative walks. I like, yeah. love, I love pure silence. So my version of meditation is just like exercising either it's like doing my Stairmaster or walking in pure silence. To me, that's like the greatest form of meditation. I talk to God on the way to the gym in the morning. Mm-hmm. I consider that meditation. I do know that, you know, I have clients who are meditation coaches and they would probably tell me I'm, I'm speaking out of turn here that true meditation is probably the best thing for you, which it probably is, but Mm -hmm. there's different ways in my personal opinion to clear your head and meditate and really get regrounded. Cause I think that that's the whole point of meditation, right. Is to get centered. and Right. Yeah. And I think that's interesting. You say that about walking because I, I through college didn't really work out. I mean, I've always been like an athletic person, but I didn't really work out a ton, mainly because I didn't really feel that good when I would have flare ups and stuff. But once the pandemic hit and I was stuck inside at my house all the time, we live on a farm. So um, it was like the perfect setting to just go on a walk. And so I still that's something that I've kept up even through like 20, you know, for 20 months, I go on a walk every day. And, and it, it's a really great way to clear your head. And just even if you just listen to music or just don't do anything or whatever, you know, it, it is such a good way to to just get outside and get, you know, in nature and just feel kind of the elements. Cause even when it's cold, I'll go out and do it. And I, it's funny. I'm like, am I older or, you know, I'm feeling the wind on my face. I'm like, this is just great. <laughs> but, yeah, girl, I love it. That's like, yeah. me too. yes, I'm much older than you, but I still enjoy that. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so, so I, I did a lot of mindset stuff like that. Um, just little things that you can implement each day. And so one big thing for me when I wake up, I do, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Bible recap. It's a podcast. Um, and it was, it, it was just, it's been amazing. I've done it for the past, um, pretty much since COVID started. Um, and it's a lady named Tara Lee Cobble and she basically just goes through one or two chapters of the Bible, um, in six to eight minutes. And so, you can read those two chapters first. That's kind of what you're supposed to do. Um, but if you don't have time to do that, you could just listen to it in the car. And she just gives a quick, it's literally a Bible recap. She just gives a quick recap of it. And it's the only reading plan that I've stuck to. And so I do that every morning and I started that. That's been a, a game changer. And then as far as like actual food goes, I just started to learn a lot about how processed food and like sugar and things like that are just detrimental to people, especially if you have a chronic illness. And so um, a lot of these like sugar and gluten and things like that, and not necessarily gluten, because I'm not, I don't have a gluten intolerance, so I, I don't eat gluten free. But um, a lot of times these foods, they are actually what causes inflammation. And so Um, when I cut sugar out, which I don't ever really tell people to cut things out, but I did kind of go cold Turkey on, um, like white sugar. And I, I really think that had a huge impact on just my inflammation. And it, I mean, cause they didn't see any inflammation after three months. And that was really one of the only things that I had done was cut out sugar and just eat more vegetables, which is, you know, kind of obvious. It's like, we know what to do, you know, like we don't need to spend all this money on a fancy school or like, you know, to, to figure out what we need to do. We kind of know, but it's, it's always good to have that like positive reinforcement from, from something. 
Yes, absolutely. But I do think for someone like yourself, it was definitely one of the things that you kind of did have this moment where you're like, wow, I've got to do something different. Like you, I mean, my gosh, you spent years in the hospital for crying out loud Mm -hmm. for you. It's like, no, that's a hard no. You know, I've had clients and friends over the years that have cancer and they're just like, nope, that's kind of your rock bottom. It would be nice though, for us who are like, well, well, I can still do it. You know, I don't, you know, I don't what there's nothing wrong with me. I can still do all the things. And so, you know, hopefully it doesn't take someone getting to their rock bottom or this, you know, a health crisis or something like that for us to pay attention. Uh, I, and by the way, I will put that Bible recap in the show notes. Cause I think that's fantastic. I do a daily devotional every single morning mm-hmm. I have for like the last four or five years, but I think that that's fantastic. So the Bible recap, and it's a podcast. If you guys want to check that out, I I'm super curious. I know my audience will be as well. So how did you start the business? How did you decide that you were going to be an entrepreneur? Where did that decision happen and how's it going? And cause I'd love to know your point of view from a 23 year old, you know, you said something in your form when we were talking that it really, it's like, oh, it's amazing. It's not as easy as um, it looks, which I love the fact that you're being honest. Cause I try to let my audience know all the time that yes, you are, um, you know, you now are developing recipes for multiple apps, which you can't tell us who they are. I'm super curious, but I won't ask you because you have signed an NDA, but um all of that to be said, how did the business start and where do you see it going now? And how do you stay on track? Because I know so many people, you know, tell themselves that it's not for them or it's too hard or all the things. And you're only 23 years old, which I'm super excited about. I, I know I keep pointing out your age, but I just, I love when people your age have the epiphany moment, moments that it took me, you know, 30 years to get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I did really like at the Institute for Integrated Nutrition, they, um, they want you to start a business like that's, I mean, you can, you can totally go through the program just for yourself and just to get the knowledge. You don't have to start a business, but they give you a lot of the tools that you need. They actually even give you a, um, a free website, like a year subscription to a free website. Like they really try to, to help you and and do everything they can to help you start a business. And so I had started at the school in March of 2020. And so by about, I think once you get your six month certification, you can technically start health coaching. And so um, it was about October or November of last year. So about a year ago that I thought, I think I'm just going to go ahead and create a website. And so I went through someone, um, her name's Elizabeth McCravey. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's amazing. She just, she actually designs um, show it website templates. So instead of spending, you know, thousands of dollars to get a website designed, Um, she gives you this template that is much, much cheaper and it's very affordable. It's really the number one thing that when people ask me, like, what should I, you know, use to start a business? I'm like, the website is so important because it's your landing page. It really is like, I mean, I know we, social media is a huge deal now too, but if you want to work with people, like especially higher paying clients, your website is so important. And so, um, when I started, I, I, it was very easy to customize she actually gives you a um, videos on how to customize it. So, I mean, it's like foolproof. I mean, truly, because I'm not that computer savvy. And so um, I created that website and that's where I started posting my recipes. And so that's kind of when I was like, I don't know that I want to do health coaching. Um, And I just, I was like, I don't, one-on-one coaching is, it seems fun. It's not, it truly isn't the most financially sound option, especially when you're just starting out because you can't charge those high prices because you're just starting out. And so, 
um, that's when I, I graduated a year later, like this year of um, Mar in March of, from nutrition school. And so that's when I was kind of like, okay, now what do I, what am I going to do? Cause I was graduating with my MBA too. And so I was like, well, once I finish these, I'm done with school and I, I have to figure out what I'm going to do. And so um, that's when that a, a lady emailed me and asked if I wanted to develop recipes for her. And that's kind of when that was in like April or May of this year. And that's when I was like, I think I'm going to try to do this, you know, full time. And, and I really think, you know, I mean, looking back, you can connect the dots of your life and see why certain things have happened, but, um, you know, accounting and, and working in public accounting is not a great job for someone who has an autoimmune disease. Cause I do have so many doctor's appointments, infusions, I mean, scopes, things like that. And so um, working for myself has always seemed very attractive just because I can set my own schedule, you know? And, and so I think that was really one of the determining factors in wanting to have my own business was just because it was going to be, well, I thought less stressful. It's not, but <laughs> um, it's not. yeah, it's not, but, um, you know, I, I thought it was, uh, it was going to be less stressful and, but it, it, it is in a sense of like, I'm in control of, of what I'm doing, which is very stressful at times, but, um, from a health standpoint, it was just the right decision for me. Yeah, I definitely believe, you know, I think it was probably Oprah who said it when preparation meets uh, opportunity, right? Like that you've been preparing for the opportunity. How in the beginning, and I'm just curious, I'm sure the audience is curious as well. How did someone, um, how did these recipe uh, blog developers, how did the, or these uh, blog, you know, app owners, how did they find your blog in the beginning? Because I'm super curious, you must have been pretty consistent with that in the beginning. I was consistent with it. Um, something that I did, and and I like to tell the story because it was a total fail. Uh, but oh, I love uh, good fails because yeah. that's for failing forward. As long as you're failing yes. forward, failing is fantastic. Yeah. So last year, around this time, I thought I'm going to develop because I'm a big proponent of eating um, seasonally. I think it's really good for the environment. It's good for your body. Um, we typically crave seasonal foods, and so I thought. I'm going to make a meal plan and, and not really a meal plan, but a recipe book. So it was going to have um, 15 breakfast, 15 lunch, 15 dinner. So 45 recipes um, that are all containing like seasonal ingredients and seasonal vegetables and fruits and things like that. So I spent, you know, and again, I had the time because I was in school and I, it was great practice. I mean, looking back, like there is nothing that was wasted about this, but um, I, so I had the time and I thought I'm going to create this, this book and I'm going to, I'm going to sell it and it's going to, it's going to sell so many copies. And so, um, so I create this book and, um, it was ready in March. It was for the spring. And so I had started like in the winter and so it was ready for the spring. And I thought I'm going to send it to some, you know, some people like that have a bigger following. And I thought maybe, maybe somebody will share it. And so I was selling it for like $9.99. It was super cheap, 45 recipes. And so I sent it to a bunch of people and got like no response, of course. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's funny because looking back, I can totally see why it did not work out. Um, you know, I had literally just been posting recipes for like two months at that point. So who's going to buy something from someone who's only been doing it for like two months, but, um, I sent it to this first person that reached out to me and she looked through it. And that was how she was like, well, would you like to 
develop recipes for my fitness app. And she's like, I've looked through this book and I really like it. So she didn't necessarily share it, um, you know, with her following, but she did give me this like career opportunity that I didn't even know existed. So that was how the first lady reached out to me. Um, so I think it's kind of a funny story because I sold like five copies of it total. But y'all, this is like the key here. Number one, Lauren did something over and over and over. She was willing to share, like she was willing to send out cold emails, just like the reason why we're on a podcast today. How many podcasts have you done, Lauren? Uh, at this point, I've filmed three. So and this, how, is fourth. this is your fourth one. And how many of those emails have you sent out? Quite a few. <laughs> there you go. Quite a few, you guys. She did, never gave up. She's just like, I'm just going to keep doing it until I get a guess. And I think that that's like one of the most important things. And I also think the thing here too, like, you know, this kind of like the woo-woo side, right? Is like Lauren had initially thought, okay, I'm going to send out these recipe books. They're going to, I'm going to sell so many of these recipe books and I'm going to make all this money. What she didn't understand is that she only sold like $50 worth of recipe books, but I'm pretty damn sure she's getting paid shit tons more of that now to create recipes for this, for this app, for this woman. So I think it's just super important to remember that sometimes you just have to try things and keep going. And when you're quote unquote failing, it's going to lead to the next thing. As long as you don't quit, she's willing to send out however many emails it takes to get on four podcasts at this point. And guess what? I know if she sends out another 50 emails, she's going to get on another, however many podcasts. And then all of a sudden it's just going to start snowballing, but you just have to keep going. You just have to make the decision and take the action. And she doesn't make it. And hopefully you don't do this, Lauren, but don't make it mean anything. When someone doesn't reply back to you, when someone doesn't, you know, share your recipe book, don't make it mean anything. Just do go to the next one. At some point in time, it's going to work out. At some point in time, someone's going to, you know, email you back with an opportunity that you had never even possibly dreamed of. I think that that's the thing that's just so beautiful is sometimes people have these goals in their mind of exactly how it's going to happen. I love to believe that like we can have, like I have made so many decisions in my life that I know that I know that I know are going to come true. I just let go of now how they're going to happen. It's crazy shit. I don't know how anything's going to happen, but I know that I know that I know it's going to happen because I'm always willing to take the action. I'm always willing to have faith. I always just like make the decision. Cool. The decision is made. Lauren knows she's going to be on podcast. She knows that she's going to have this successful business. Now she just keeps showing up and she'll watch how the opportunities present themselves. I love that. Yes. Yeah, definitely. You're going to, I mean, any, anybody, I think starting out gets a ton of no's and, and that's okay. I mean, because for all the no's, you really do just need that one. Yes. And so I think I knew, you know, once I got that, that first big recipe development client, I was like, there is a need for this because there are a lot of fitness professionals that do not have any idea how to create recipes. And so there is a need for it. It's just finding the right people. And, you know, they're out there. You just have to, you just have to find your people. Oh, and you have like such a great niche too. So I'm assuming you love to cook. Is this a thing? Yeah. And if you ask my college roommates, they would, they're like still confused because I didn't cook anything in college. I never did. But my mom, um, once I was born, she stayed home with me and my younger sister and, um, yeah, I, she cooked dinner all the time, you know, and she, she is a great cook. She cooks for any time somebody has surgery, like at church, you know, she's cooking for them. And so um, I realized, I think when I moved back home after college, I was like, well, you know, maybe there's something to this. Like she, that's her way of loving on people, you know, is to cook. And so 
I was like, and I, I kind of asked her and she's like, I had no idea. She's like, I didn't cook anything until I got married to your dad. She's like, I hadn't cooked. Like I didn't learn anything, you know, when I was at home. And so um, she's like, but you just have to try, like, you just have to start out and, and try something. And, and it's really not as hard as it, you know, like cooking in general is not as, as hard or as daunting as, as some people think it is, but I just started cooking like three years ago and, or two years ago. And, and I've just gotten progressively better at it. And I do, I, I love it. And, um, it's just such a high when you make something that tastes good. It's just, I just love it. <laughs> oh, you guys, I think two things here. Number one, it's so cool too, because Lauren, you know, if you, when you go follow Lauren and she's going to tell you when, when to follow her, how to get her recipe books and all the things. But I think it's really interesting because Lauren doesn't have hundreds of thousands of followers. And yet she has a really cool career now where she's getting to create recipes for someone else. So don't always think that there is one way that you have to go. I have clients who make a million dollars a year that have less than 5,000 followers. And then there's people who have a blue check mark with hundreds of thousands of followers that don't do near the income that, you know, someone with a lesser following did. So number one, just remember that there's not one way to skin a cat. There's not one way, but trusting your gut and knowing like what brings you joy and how to live a life that's, you know, um, fun to you and brings you joy in and trusting that gut. I'm just super grateful, Lauren, that uh, you came on the podcast today. Um, please let everyone know where they can find the recipe book, how they can follow you, how they can contact you, because I know you are going to blow the hell up in that space. And um, I'm super grateful that you reached out to me. And I'm super grateful that we had this conversation today. So, uh, Lauren, tell everyone where they can find you and your free recipe book. Yeah. So my Instagram is Lar, L-A-U-R underscore Cunningham, C-U-N-N-I-N-G-H-A-M. And my website is hello or is laurencunningham.co. Um, and so, yeah, what's funny, and I'll just add this in. I, um, so yeah, like six months ago or eight months ago, whenever I created that first recipe book, it was a total fail. And then, but I just kept, you know, posting recipes and kept going these past eight months. And and I, I created another recipe book and it is free this time. And it's on my website. There's a tab that says ebook and you can just plug in your, your email address and, and it'll send right to you. But um, I, instead of getting, you know, five people download it, like I did last time, I've had over 200 people download it this time. And Yay! so it's such a, it's just such a, you know, a difference that, you know, six months can make and you just, you do just have to keep going. And, you know, if you know that you're going to, you just have to know that you're going to do it and, and just keep going and put in the work. So, yeah, you just decided it's your turn, Lauren. And yeah. you guys do me a favor, go to Lauren's website, go look at the show notes, follow Lauren online, and let's double those downloads of that free recipe book. She's got 200. Let's see if we can get her 400 in yes. the day when this podcast comes out, because she's passionate about what she does. She actually creates recipes for, you know, famous people who are, we're not allowed to know who they are because she's so damn good at what she does. <laughs> Lauren, thank you so much for being here today. I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also head on over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that'll help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina Laguerre. I'll see you next time.